right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are on the sidelines with the sideline guys. I'm your host, Dwayne Dickey. You already know what time it is, and we are joined by a returning guest. You guys know his voice very, very well. And of course, a brand new guest that we're going to welcome onto the show. It is amazing to have him. So let's start with the returning guest. Y'all already know my man, Jonathan Torado. What's Jonathan, up? talk to the people. How you doing, sir? How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm here, man. Let's just talk. You know, I was happy to bring Adam along over here and uh, get him to explain what he's doing for our youth out here. So let's let's get Adam introduced. Yeah, they know who I am. So. Yeah, let's 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 do this, man. And and you must excuse me. I'm usually known for my intros here. So this is totally off the freestyle whip right now, but. <laughs> We got a man of, of a list of many, many things that he is doing in his local community. He is all about the youth. He is a football coach, all kind of things, man. This man has football knowledge out the, out the woodworks. So I'm actually going to let him kind of tell y'all a little bit more, and I'm just going to put a smooth intro to this thing. But without further ado, let me introduce Adam to the sideline, guys. Adam, how are you feeling? Good, sir. Talk to the people. Well, I'm doing good, man. Adam McCann of uh, King to King uh, Athletic Training and ment and uh, mentor for the youth uh, and student athletes in the in the West New York area, which now has uh, gone out to North Carolina, land in all kinds of places. Uh, uh, but you know, just about me, just uh, just a football coach, receiver coach uh, during the year and in the off season, athletic trainer, um, mentor. And our recruiting coordinator right now has one of the um, biggest athletes in the area, Jimmy Scott, um, that was at St. Joe's with me, now is at St. Francis. He just got his 13th offer today from North Carolina State. Um, so he has 12 Power 5 offers, and he has one offer from UB, totaling the 13. Um, and I, I have a total of uh, – I don't know. We'll get into that. I got a lot of guys right now with offers right now. Um, it's a blessing, awesome. definitely a blessing, man. It's their talents just mixed up what I, what I could do. So, right. That so is, where, where, where did you, uh, where'd you kind of start, start off in the whole coaching career? I mean, you want to give a little bit of your background on that, where you started off, where you're at now? All right, man, I started off, uh, you know, like, let's see how old I am right here. <laughs> uh, like, about 12, 13 years ago, I started off at uh, GC Cowboys at PB football league, uh, football team organization. Um, e Matt gave me my first um, job as like a special teams coordinator, special teams coach, you know, for like 12 year olds. Then that went to being a defense coordinator with uh, Shu. Um, you know, I was with that organization for 12 to 13 years. Um, stepped away to help my son's football career. He's like five and five to seven years old. So for those two years, I was with them. them. Um, and then the last three years, I've been at St. Joe's Collegiate Institute, a private school, um, where which now I'm at um, Western New York uh, Maritime Charter School, uh, now doing receiver coach at both jobs um, and doing at both schools, being the uh, NCAA recruiting coordinator for all the athletes. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Man, brother, that is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, man. <laughs> what saying. So would you say, like, throughout – what made you want to get into King to King? So, I mean, I, obviously being around those kids, being a coach, did, did you see things that you thought, hey, I could be a spot in these kids' lives? What was really uh, – So when I started King to King, I was laid off in three years ago from a job. Um, 
got up, prayed. God said, use your passion. Went to sleep that day. Didn't know what God was talking about. God said, woke up again, use your passion. So it went on for three days. And on the third, fourth day, I woke up. And I said, man, I'm going to start my own um, training program. And I said, everyone got, got a training program. How can I make it different? So um, what King the King does is teaches them how to be an athlete on and off the field. Um, when I was um, in high school, my high school coach didn't send my film off. Um, now it was a lot easier to send film off because now it's just, just a link. Back then when I was in high school, it was a, it was a VHS tape. Um, <laughs> uh, so with him not sending that off, um, I was slept on. I wasn't like a, a big, big time athlete, but I could have played D2 ball at minimum. Um, I had a scholarship at a school, a uh, walk-on scholarship that my cousin helped me out get. Um, but my coach never sent the film out, so I didn't go. Um, so that was that's what fueled King to King is that a lot of these high school coaches, no offense to them, you know, they, they're the principal, the, the gym teacher, and then the high school football coach. Then out of that, they got their mom to take care of, their wife to take care of their kids. Some of them don't have the passion I have of um, sending off film because they don't have my story, you know what I'm saying? So it's no knock to them at all. But, you know, I use my story to uh, create a business for all the athletes in the Western New York area that I work with anybody, no matter what school they go to. Wow. Okay. So – you know, knowing, I know a little bit about King the King, knowing obviously yeah. since I'm in the Buffalo area, Adam's a good friend of my brother. That's how I met Adam. Um, and I obviously hear amazing things from Angel and, and just in general, looking through all the Facebook posts and Twitter posts and all those things. And people speak highly of you all the time. Um, so I've noticed, and it obviously being a good thing, is is you you focus on off the field in the sense of school too, though, right? So they're not, yes. it's student athlete. And, and knowing that you, you're a mentor, I think that's the most important, especially in the, in the communities that we, that we deal with and we see every day. Right. So yep. get, get into that. Like how, how do you guys really affect that? What is the focus and who does that focus? Um, so during training, you know, every, every training group, if it's an hour training, if it's our Saturday, two hour training, um, if it's our hour training at the beginning, at the end, five, 10 minutes of, of, of uh, mentor about what's going on, maybe about something I've seen on one of their posts, uh, something that's going on in the world, some quick, some nuggets to give them. Um, so maybe something that a coach told me about one of them. Uh, on Saturdays, we get into a two-hour workout, which I give them like probably like a 20-minute break uh, where they sit down after they check their phone so no one has no distractions. Um, either I'm doing it or I bring somebody else in. Um, I brought one NFL player in, Trent Murphy. He was, he was blessed to do it for me for free. Um, I've been trying to get other videos players to do it for free. Um, <laughs> can't pay that bill. Um, <laughs> yeah. you no, know, but him, he did it for free. I got a friend uh, with the high school, you know, he comes every year and does it. Um, then I have friends around the community. I have uh, your brother, uh, Angel, doing it. I have my friend, um, Anthony uh, Farrell, that is like the, he's in charge of like the mentoring. Um, and then once a year, I just started now this year, it's called King Metality Academy. Um, COVID messed that up, messed with the, also with the weather. Messed everything well, up. <laughs> yeah, we went between the weather and, and, and COVID, we, we went over like um, finances, how to market yourself, business plans, um, you know, men etiquette, you know, saying how to be a better brother, how to be a better sister, uh, not sister, how to be a better um you know, just a better sibling in the house, you know, how to be that uplifting guy in the house on and off the field. Because 
on the field, it's kind of easy for them to score touchdowns. It's the other right. stuff that, you know, they need to sell and, and have, you know, when they leave out of, out of town or other areas. Right. And it's, it's just funny because we talk about leadership, right? And whether it's community or on the field, I feel like if you, what you guys are doing, it, you know, if they can have that leadership at home, the possibilities are endless. Yep. I mean, you're teaching people how to be better people. And I mean, you're athletic. You're Jimmy Scott's what probably, I mean, I've heard of him. Uh, he's 13 offers yeah. for D1, but yeah. you're teaching him more than just it's football. And it's, and it's, I can see that just off of Facebook post alone. Yep. You know what I mean? I think that's the most important thing. So you talk about the world and, and, and giving them that worldview and, and giving them lessons on things going on in the world. What, yep. what would you be your lesson with what's going on today? So you mean you see oh. the riots, the looting, and things like that, and and I will say this: we have another podcast that that focuses specifically on ra- you know racial injustices and yeah. issues in politics and it, everything, right? It's called Time Out, um, yeah. and we, we like to bring everything because whether we, people want to believe it or not, sports have to do with everyday life. Yes, right. People I are think. always going to well, sports can make a difference, and that's by who who is in the sports and people who speak for it. Um, yeah. I guess, what would be your message to them? You know, so for me, I, I wouldn't say I agree with rioting and violence and things like that, but I understand it. Yeah. I understand why people are pissed off. I hate the whole racial divide, but it's not, it ain't black people's fault. <laughs> you um, know what I mean? So, and not to say you only work with black people. I mean, you obviously work with all kids, yeah, no matter, no matter yeah, what. Yeah. But what would be your message? Because that's even perfect is the fact you are working with white, black, anybody who in between the same message given to our youth is going to change everything for generations to come. So like, what would be your message on that? Uh, so I've been starting, I started last week with, it, um, and it's been two messages really. Um, the first message is um, teaching them the difference between the protesting and the looting. Cause there's a difference, but not many people are teaching and showing how to protest and how to, how to stand up properly. The news is showing the looting and the shooting and people doing this to cops, cops doing that to people, which is important. Don't get me wrong, but these kids only see the negative and they don't know that there's people that's honestly trying to make a difference for them in the future. There's, there's people right now that are standing up the right way for them. Um, so I'm teaching them, you know, the difference between that, you know, and, um, you know, last year we talked about quite a few times of, you know, if you do get pulled over with your friends of, you know, do's and don'ts. Um, that can help. That can go a long ways. It's, it's no, it's not a, a, a perfect system of how you get pulled over, but it's some do's and don'ts. Um, and then one of the biggest things that we're going to talk about this weekend is um, the culture that if the world adapted the, the uh, locker room culture, the world would be a different place. What I mean by locker room culture is if you go into an NFL locker room, college locker room, there's 110 guys. 110 guys from different races, different backgrounds, different tra- traumatic experiences, different, you know, upbringings. And none of them, 99% of them get along. Like they're a family. They're knitted. Like when they go to war, they go to war with each other. When they in practice, they're at war with each other. Like they are a family. Um, if the world got that and seen that more, I think it, it probably would help um, if they adopted that system because, man, 125 men, getting along and, and fighting for one cause is, is a powerful thing. Right. And, you know, I love, we, I love that you, uh, you know, not if I could, I would like to chime in on what, what Adam just said there, because that, 
that's a very important statement you just made. Uh, and, I, and I feel like that's really deep because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand really, you know, what I think of when you say that, I think about Remember the Titans, you know? Yes. Think about how yes, sir. that was a legit movie that would teach everybody about just how powerful sports mm-hmm. is as far as taking racial division and suddenly making it to where, like you saw, where coach had them literally, well, even with the coaches, there was racial tension and how they were able to get along, yep. you know, and it took a minute, but when they got along, all of a sudden, you know, they're getting with each other in, in the system and they're finding out like, okay, that's your strength. So you do this. This is my strength. I'll do this together. Boom. And then going off and starting in the training camp to where it's literally just them, you know, yep. and, and, and how before, after they come out of a training camp, they're all together. Then they face the world. And then all of a sudden reality started coming back in for a second, but then they were able to like kind of get it back together and realize like, wait a minute, we family, we a team and, and how it just really played into everyday life. So I really love that. And um, wh- my question for you on top of that thought would be, how would you, you know, uh, n- not, not in a politician kind of way, but just literally, yeah. like, how would you, uh, as someone who's making a difference in your community like that, if you were in a position to literally make the world, like get the world to apply that philosophy, what's the way you would go about doing that? Uh, man, like how we do it in football, you know, you just, you pick up, you pick a, um, a theme and you go with, run with it and you, and you beat it in their head, you know, like they see it everywhere they go. Um, we had a philosophy at St. Joe's last year it was called family F you know, period after every letter. So family was forget about me. I love you. Um, which that was the thing for the year. So I might not be my hundred percent, but for you, you know, or, or cause you love me, you're going to pick up my hundred percent. So you're doing 200% because you love me. Um, so like I said, the, the things I've learned through football is the things I now apply in life. Like there's no such thing as football don't relate to anything you do. Like, no, football relates to everything. So I would just, you know, on an everyday basis, they would see it. You know, where they where, you know, like at my house, I got sticky notes. I got sticky notes everywhere. Like, you know, I so I see certain things. Um, and that way, you know, it, it goes into my brain. Like we have rubber bands, you know, for all the kids on our football team. And they wore it. They were it was times where the referee was like, Hey, you gotta take that off or tape it up. Kids like, I'm not taking it off, I'm taping it up. And they hate playing with tape, but they'll <laughs> tape your wrist up because they that's how much that rubber band meant to them because it's a message. And just teaching them, the, teaching them the purpose behind the message is what you really got to do too, though. You know what? That that's interesting because you know you hear all these you know sports just stay away from life and this is my way to get away. It's like that that's not true. You know we we have yeah. an avenue or you specifically have an avenue to teach kids how to be better people. Yeah. And why would we not want that, right? That that's for anybody because you know obviously knowing how some kids are raised incorrectly, however you see it. You know, whether it's racist or any other thing like that, um, you can bring people together in every type of sport. I mean, every type of locker room and with that culture. Um, and, you know, it's, it's you're, you're a blessing, man, honestly. What you do for not, not only the Buffalo community, um, you know, now you're saying to get into Carolina, but, you know, Jimmy Scott is an example. He could bring that to different areas and, and he can be the next leader. He could be the next Adam McCann when he's retired from whatever he's doing. Um, you know, for his area or his people or whatever yep. the case is. So that, that is, that's how we make change. 
we need to yep. change generations now, teach them the right way. Because honestly, man, I don't know if we'll ever see the change. Like we will be long gone and dead before we see it. Before, you know, we'll yeah. never see it. But the next generations can live a good life. We yeah. can try our best to make sure that's the case. And, and, and your program is exactly what we're looking for in terms of leading that, leading that youth. Yeah. So as a, as a saying that um, leaders are leaders job is to create other leaders. Right. My job is my job is to create other leaders to replace me and to 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 add their juice on it or they flow on it and, and get to get, you know, put their peace into this world. Right. So, so exactly. So I would just ask, what would you say has been or is the biggest hurdle? Because in the end, kids are kids. So, yeah. They, they want to do what they want to do. I get it. I was a kid. I did shit. I wasn't supposed to do. It is what it is. But you have to keep them on that on that fast track. And you need to keep them safe, for, for lack of better words. Yes. Because with the way the world is now, without your leadership or without anybody's leadership, kids are going to fail. So yes. what's the biggest hurdle? You know, obviously, it can be just kids not listening. But what have you kind of done to make sure that they're they're staying on track? I mean, do you do, you do like follow-ups with them or... Uh, have your mentors check in on them. Like, obviously, it's an open open phone line on on their end to you. But how often yeah. are you kind of following up? Um. So if I don't see an athlete, you know, so if we train three times a week and I only see them once, so I I follow up with them offside off the field. How you doing? This and that. Any athlete that I train in the summer, um, I follow up and I watch their games during the season. I pop up at their games. Um, I call their parents. I ask their parents how the, the grades are doing. Um, you know, I ask them out how they're doing. You know, but the big one of the biggest hurdles is the the negative influences that they have. Um, you know, just because because they see a lot of it. It's not so much that they they are trying to portray somebody they don't want to be, but it's just like we we got we got guys with, with high platforms just flossing the wrong things. And so it's hard back then when it was easy for me to be a student athlete. Now is a lot more distractions and everything in the world to distract them from being a <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's so much for them to distract them from being a, a great student athlete. So I just follow up with them. I mean, I be consistent with them. You know, my message don't never blur. If you Jimmy Scott with Power Fives to my other guy that's a 2021 Dave Medley with you know three or four offers to if you Keith Jackson if the best one of the best athletic guys in the class of 21. That's going to be shifty. It don't matter who you are. You could be a guy with a D3 or no offers. You're held to the same standard. I like that. I like that. You know, it, it's it, it's also scary too, man. You know, it's you, you're teaching them to stay on track, but, you know, you spoke to when they get pulled over and how they react. It, it's sad. You know, I mean, you have kids, you know, to, yep. to tell a minority, you know, I mean, obviously we're all minorities here. I'm Rican. You guys are black. And, um, you know, Dwayne and I have talked about, I, I, I get, I don't want to say this. I want to say this correctly. So I, I get almost the luxury of being able to look, I don't look Hispanic. I mean, I, I'm fair skinned, but a lot of people who are black don't get that luxury, no. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it's sad that we need to cheese them. Mind you, every, every interaction with law enforcement needs to be calm and collected for anyone. But I feel like we have to teach them a little more. And they notice. Yes. I mean, they're, they're kids, but they know. They're like, why do yeah. I need to be taught this? But this white kid over here doesn't. You know, it's yeah. it's a scary thing, but at the same time, we're just trying to keep them safe. <laughs> you know, yeah. so that, that's the best we can do. We, we try to make that impact. And, um, and you are. We see it, bro. I appreciate it.
Um, Dwayne, I don't know if you have anything. Yeah. So what I would like to ask you, Adam, um, also with, with the importance of mentoring, um, on average, how, how many kids have you mentored so far, would you say, are products of a single parent? You know, more specifically, probably a single mother, you know, without father figures, because generally uh, with especially with what you do with athletics, uh, what's so great about the culture of football and, and even with basketball as well, just in the aspect of coaching and mentoring. A lot of times when you have that and you don't have a father figure around as you grow, you know, it, it's a, a form of discipline you have because they can rely on you. But, you know, you, like you said, I noticed you said you go, to, you go to the games and check up on them. And, you know, a lot of things that are important in a, in a, in a, you know, in a role models type of lifestyle. So yes. on average, how many kids would you say have come through to your program that, that are raised by single parents? Mm, I want to say, like, at least a mass majority of them. I want to throw out a statistic, probably about 80%. Um, might be higher, might be a little bit lower. But it's definitely a lot of the guys, um, you know, that, that come through that is living in a single household. Um, I, I grew up at one, you know, that was one of the, one of my first few years, my first year we, we talked about, like, let's not let that, let that be an excuse. You know, let's not let that be an excuse for you to get an ID number. You know, what I call an ID number is that, that criminal pin. We don't want that. We, we want a, a college ID number. We want an ID number where we can punch in and get fed at the at the at the you know cafeteria. That's the number we want. We don't want oh because I didn't have a mom or I didn't have a dad, I, I robbed this bank or I, I didn't have a mom and dad. So screw football. I'm just go over here and hang with them because they all they all can relate. No, you have brothers on the team that's going through the same thing, that's using that that hurt into something good. Um, so there's a there's a high number um, of it. Um, I think we, we do a, a good job um, of, like, attacking it. Um, and we just I just communicate with the parents that, you know, that communicate back and forth and, and the parents that don't, you know, because some of them aren't super busy, you know, because they got other kids. So that's those are the kids that we're talking to a lot, you know, a little bit more. You know, some of the kids that don't need all their mentoring, checking on them once in a while or, you know, during the workouts, paying more attention to them. You know, because that's the time we can get with them. But the guys that need all the attention in the world, um, we give them a fair share of love. It's hard when you try to do a recruiting coordinator too, man. But <laughs> it's it done. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, gentlemen, I mean, this is this is amazing. Um, and and Adam, I mean, we'll definitely come back to uh, anything else that we may have as far as asking you or asking about your program because we're definitely gonna get back to king to king because we, we want to know a lot more about that and and Pretty you know sure. how people can research that and, and definitely figure out a way to connect with you for that um so gentlemen let's let's jump into a little bit of nba talk really really quickly and let's address the matter ladies and gentlemen as you know because of the corona phase of 2020 we are halfway officially it is the month of june we are halfway through 2020 and it's amazing how weird it has been without sports. Killing me, man. Nationwide, worldwide. This is a damn sports no podcast. Sports. We haven't been able to talk about sports for three months. Can you believe <laughs> that, guys? It took a Michael Jordan documentary 
just to get us to keep you guys entertained because there were no sports around. Right now, in this time, we'd be getting ready for the NBA Finals. Could you believe it? It's crazy how life turns. But nonetheless, it looks like we got this news. Looks like the NBA, to those who didn't already know, the NBA season is scheduled, quote-unquote, to start officially again. The plans are for them to start July 31st. Of this year. So as far as structure goes, Mr. Silver put out a statement and he says the NBA will invite 22 teams to Orlando, 13 from the Western Conference, nine from the Eastern Conference to play eight regular, se- eight regular season games per team, play in for the eight seeds. July 31st through October 12th is the initial goal here of the rest of this NBA season. If the ninth seed is more than four games behind, the eighth seed will make the playoffs. If the ninth seed is less than the four games behind, there will be a play in a tournament. So it looks like they're just doing a whole different structure. <laughs> just doing a bunch of shit. <laughs> all over the place. God it's damn. all over. It's everywhere, people. It's everywhere. Hey, you know what? I'm a, let me just first say this. Uh, Adam, you can say what, what, what team you're a fan of, but I'm a Knicks fan. And they fucking expanded the playoffs and still missed it. <laughs> I, I I don't know what else to do. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I really like if, if if not for the Bills changing things around, I'd be the most miserable fucking sports fan ever. I'm a Knicks fan, a Sabres fan, uh, a, a Bills fan, a Bandits fan from across. The Bandits are all right, but dude, the fucking Knicks. How do we get 22 teams in the playoffs and they still don't make it? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I can't. I can't. We won't see the Knicks for. You know what? It's probably a good thing. We won't see the Knicks for ten months. I won't get stressed out. I won't have a heart attack at fifty. No Knicks. We're good. All right, Adam. What's your favorite team? <laughs> hey, man, I'm a. I'm a. Le- I'm a. I'm a basketball fan, but I'm a LeBron fan. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, I, I like wow. LeBron. I follow. When I was in high school, LeBron was dropping buckets. Like I was reading about LeBron in high school, so. <laughs> he he living off of me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. He's same age. There you go. Uh, but I, I like LeBron. Um, there's some good teams in the NBA though, man. But I just haven't, you know, you know, got that much around to it just recently. But I think that this this was their best chance to win something. But uh, you know, I, as long as it ain't the Warriors, I'm good. Good. Man, well, they're not even invited, so screw them. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> know we know as of this year, that was officially the worst yeah. team in the NBA, I believe. Yes. Yeah. But don't let that fool you people because come next year, it's gonna be a oh. whole different turnaround for that Warriors team. Man, fuck you'll be fully healthy. They are oh. not dead yet. Who are you a fan of? Okay, so oh, everyone who go. knows me knows that I am a Chicago Bulls fan first. Okay which they definitely will not be making it. They're still in rebuild mode and they're getting closer, but they weren't making it this year. So I know they aren't, aren't in that. However, I am a hometown resident of Memphis, Tennessee. That is my hometown, my home city. So by nature, I am a default Grizzlies fan as well. Hey. And I know they are included in that 22 teams because we were right there at that eighth seed. <laughs> and uh, there were some teams trying to get up there, but we were holding it down. My man, Ja. Was coming oh, through. So, uh, Listen, I, I always <laughs> love the red. the grind, the grind Grizzlies, man. The the yeah. Tony Allen, Randolph, Marcus All. That was we're, man. We're you, put, you put that the, pretty strong. Listen, we, hey, you know, know what? You put you put any you put that team in any other era. I think they won one chip. They just so happened to run into LeBron, and they so happened to run into fucking the the 
best team of all time with the Warriors. It's like, come on, man. Well, let's not forget the Spurs. It, we can't knock the Spurs because, oh, the Spurs. unfortunately, yeah. out of any team in the West, the Spurs were actually our forever. number one nemesis because yeah. Timmy Duncan, Timmy old Timmy Duncan. They swept yeah, us when we had a chance to go to the finals ass. one year, but they whooped y'all yeah. ass. <laughs> we were taking no, nah, no, nah, it wasn't it wasn't always a whooping whooping. We took nah, it to them, but for some reason we just couldn't get past that hey, one team in the West. Uh, it was okay though. I'll take it. You know, yeah, you know they beat LeBron be in them, so I'll take it. That that tells me if they could do it, we could have did it. But it's cool. <laughs> yeah, <you're right>. uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I think um what I mean, it's been so so I honestly it's gonna be longer than a typical offseason. Till they play yep. again. So yeah, what the what's only thing you can, you can really depend on is is experience. You got LeBron. You got Kawhi. So like the two the two top West teams are the only teams that are really gonna have a chance. Yep. Who, who else? I mean, the other experienced team isn't making the playoffs. The Warriors. I mean, they're not even healthy anyway. Well, now you know if our man Derek was on this here show. Oh, I know he's listening. Hell, here we he, go. He's gonna say something about those Boston Celtics. I wish you could have met. No, no wait. No. I don't. I, I don't wish you could have met the owner because all he is is just Celtics all the time. <laughs> hey, did, did the Boston wish... oh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. The they were a top there? team. I think they were like. I think they were two you know, or three. In the know, I, I don't know if any team can really. So LeBron went through the lockout, and won a chip. He did. That was so, a lockout. Oh, you know, yeah. it, it, against uh, OKC. So, who who really has gone through that and won a chip? Something something like this. Yeah. So I mean, that's all it comes down to. Yeah, this is different from the lockout season because it, this it's was definitely like, different. It's definitely different. Mid season, you know, out of nowhere. Was, yeah. Yeah, you know, because yeah. the lockout the lockout year was like before the season started. You know, you know that kind of deal. You knew right. it was gonna start. It was but, probably happening anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah you know, but. In this instance, momentum was just swinging, you know, because everybody who knows, everybody knows that you wait with NBA season, there's two things, the start of the season, then the halfway point with the All-Star game. And then after the All-Star game, after All-Star weekend, everybody's paying attention to the NBA season because they're like, now teams are really going to start playing for real because playoffs are right right there. And it is their That's virus. When it, baby. That's when I pay attention to it. That's when everybody gets their V8 <laughs> engines running. They get their supercharged. I up. need to yeah. listen. So, so here's the thing. Again, as a Knicks fan, right? So, I I suffer through watching the whole season. But if I didn't watch the whole season, I'd suffer coming to the end of the season knowing they're 40 games behind. So, <laughs> it's like it's a catch 22 for me because they there's I just they suck. <laughs> they, just, they just suck. I'm depressed. But it's Brother, all right. uh, listen, look, my Chicago Bulls is trash too, so I, I can't. I can't. Man, you at least you got a fucking focus. We got a we got a dumbass <laughs> owner who doesn't know how to fucking make a statement when people are getting killed. It, it, never mind. Yeah. We can go <laughs> deeper <laughs> to that. Uh oh, Jonathan almost went timeout. Oh, uh, hold on. Hey, hold on. Hold on. I, they time out. We on the sideline. Sideline, guys. Sideline. Sports only. No, but yeah, it's um. So other than that, I'm a big LeBron fan. Um, I can't say I'm a. What, what do they say, like a, a Brown apologist or whatever? Uh, but oh, yeah. I do, I do, I do appreciate his greatness. Um, the Jordan versus LeBron date, honestly, in my opinion, is stupid. You, it, it, realistically, you're comparing point guard to shooting guard, which doesn't make any sense because he's the greatest point guard of all time. Period. You can't say anything about that. Uh, but also scores. I mean, he's going to be one of the great. Probably, he'll be number one, right? I think by the end of his career. 
He's close to being over Kareem. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. a guy who's deemed the best point guard of all time will still be the greatest scorer of all time as well, statistically. It's like, how can you hate that? <laughs> I mean, like, and he's won chips. You know, it's not like he's he's Barkley. No offense to Barkley, but he's not like he's Barkley. He just balled out and never won a chip. He yeah. still won a chip. So, I don't know. I think LeBron wins it. It's almost that simple. About it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, uh, especially, I guess, this means um, regular season awards. They didn't mention anything about that, but I'm assuming they're going to pick up where that left off, too. Oh, so. that means James Harden's going to cry again. Oh, MVP. Everybody felt like LeBron was getting MVP this season, so I'm guessing if it continues, then he'll be the front runner, I guess, again. We'll see. Um, what's what's really interesting, though, I don't know if you gentlemen noticed that, is what really gets me about this this late season start is that July 31st to October the 12th. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. A, <laughs> there's two things wrong with that picture. Uh-huh. A, we're talking October. That's mid-football season. B, the NBA normally starts in October. October so, 31st, usually. Yeah. So, how is this gonna work? Like, I think they're gonna they'll probably cut off at least twenty games for next season. Yeah. What, I think twenty probably games are usually uh, played before Christmas. About yeah, games. Christmas or so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, that's when they did the lockout season. They started Christmas Day. So they they could that could be like the the grand event. You know, Christmas Day, NBA starts. You know, and just have a shorter season. So that would be what two months off. I mean, that's enough time for them to recover. So. Yeah. It could. Well, that's yeah. Usually what they did. That's usually what they get if they do the uh, Olympics anyways. Some of those right. guys, they do the Olympics and stuff. They usually yeah, they only get like through, a month and a half. Yeah, you're right. That's le- They actually get less. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah, it's all through the end yep. of uh, beginning of September, I think it ends the Olympics. So. Yep. True. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, Corona gave us plenty of off time anyway. So, I mean, hopefully the right. brother stayed in shape. <laughs> you know LeBron did. Listen, you know LeBron. <laughs> listen, he, they, he didn't give a shit about no social distancing. You know, he opened up that big-ass court he has. He was like, listen, y'all boys, y'all all staying here. I have 42 rooms in this house. You bring your family. You bring your grandma. We practice it. Practice. 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 <laughs> Not a game. <laughs> practice. Well, no, this right. is, no, this is corona practice. This is different. <laughs> Masks and uh, maybe the Bane mask, you know. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. Hitting on do. that oxygen machine one time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Just don't share it. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, no yeah, man. You know, so you know, we'll see where it goes. I, I think LeBron wins it, man. It, it's almost that simple to me. But uh, I'm excited to watch ball. I don't care what. I am too. Man, I will watch picket ball, whatever the fuck you call it. I need sports, bro. I was watching golf. I never watched golf. I was watching golf. I was like, ooh, yes. Oh, what just happened? I, let me call my boy real quick. Yo, what just happened? They didn't know, but shit, I was watching it. <laughs> I kind of found myself watching tennis a little bit. So, <laughs> you know it's rough when you watch tennis, God. Yeah, yeah. no offense. Nah, to tennis he, started, people, he started the press bringing that up too, though, so you know. <laughs> I Yo. mean, well, you know, my, my my girl is into tennis. She played tennis, so I can't knock tennis. You oh, know, I, listen, I, I don't knock it. I respect. Watcher. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I respect you know, like, it. I do know, uh, you know, the people who do well in it. But yeah. that's about it. Okay. Pretty much. It's fun to play on video games too. I will say Ooh, it's a fun game to play on video games. The Wii Other was than that, is, Wii is the best one to play though. Hell yeah! I used to, yes. whoop, my, I used to whoop my yes. mom's ass. She used to get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> she knows it. I'll tell her. I'm recording this too. 
So, come on now. Don't get in trouble later, Doug. <laughs> I know. She, no, no, you're not invited to dinner no more, bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where the NBA season goes. I'm excited. We need some sports. We need something to uh, – I, I hate to use the word distract, but we need something to keep us busy. Yeah, and, yes. and any any sports is a great avenue for that. So, Totally agree. Totally agree. So, you know, now that the NBA talk is definitely out of the way, we're looking forward to seeing what happens come July 31st. But in the meantime, we did see an NFL draft take place virtual. We know who, uh, who's who got what. Now, both of you gentlemen are Bills fans. So really quick, right. uh, really, 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 really quick. <laughs> what did you guys think about your uh, draft this year as far as going into this offseason? How do you guys feel? So, you know, it, it's funny because with the lack of offseason training with the team, I don't know if any rookie at all is going to make an impact. I mean, you're going to see – well, so maybe some first-rounders because they're, they're usually the typically the higher prospects and whatnot. But, I mean, for us, we didn't have a first-round pick because we traded it for Diggs, which he's about to ball out. You know what I mean? Josh Allen about to ball out. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know – I think offensive positions may be able to have that impact, but defense, McDermott's defense is complex. I mean, it's simple, yeah. but at the same time, it's complex. I don't know if any of the defenders rejected. I mean, DN possibly, but, the, you know, depending on the system they came from, they may have a lot to learn still. So uh, I love the draft. I thought every player they grabbed was, was good. You know, obviously, I don't know. Nobody knows every player we drafted until you look into it. Uh, yeah. I did look into them when we drafted them, and, um, you know, I think uh, um, Moss is going to – Zach Moss is going to make an impact as running back, and – Espinosa should at defensive end, but um, like the offseason is gonna kill a lot of a lot of rookies' progress. So yeah, we'll see what they're doing. But I was happy with it. You can't complain. If we're not having a first round pick, we did pretty good. Definitely agree, man. Only thing I, I would like to see was was the J.K. Dobbins our first man. round, second. You know what I'm saying? I, I so love Singletary. With him with Singletary, man, like it. You, you just don't get no better. I've seen J.K. Dobbins two years ago when I went to Ohio State, and I was in a meeting with him and sitting down a little bit from him. That dude from two years ago to now is a horse. Any guy to, to, to carry that many carries in, in, in those games and his, his the game when he had the, the ankle injury, oh, man, that that was Singletary with a quarterback with Diggs. Oh man, I, I thought it was I thought it was a no-brainer. Like I like the defensive right. end, but I'm taking JK. I'm I'm taking Dobbins. So, all so I'm wondering if if for the Bills though, if they had AJ um, rated so high, I wonder if they had him in their books as like a top 15 pick. So when he fell to them in the second round, they were probably like, "Yo, hold on, we can't pass on a guy we had graded this high." You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, they knew they needed a running back, and who the hell wouldn't want JK Dobbins? You, I, I don't care what anybody says. You put him on any team, he's making an impact. He's a ball. Oh. <laughs> nah, he goes, nah, he went to the Ravens now, I believe. So fucking bullshit. The Ravens? Come on, man. How did how did you know what? It's like the rich get richer. <laughs> and it's always the Ravens, yes. <laughs> the Patriots, the I mean not anymore. Fuck them. But you know, they they uh, mm-hmm. the Ravens about to ball out. But you know what? I ain't afraid of nobody, man. We here. We here. Josh Allen about to ball out. Man, we definitely got the conference. It's yeah. It's it's, 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 it's it's I was just about to ask you, gentlemen, that because now I know you, gentlemen, as Bills fans, are very very happy that the divorce has finally happened between Man. Brady and the Patriots. Now, meaning we shall finally see, because that's what I'm most looking forward to with this football season. We get to finally see 
Was it the coach? Was it the quarterback? Or was it a combination of the both? Man, that's the Bills a story. Actually, will be able to determine that because if you guys <laughs> take over and dominate the division, you know, and kill Belichick's reign, all of a sudden that makes Brady look good. Unless he bombs in the you know AFC South and then or the NFC South. I'm sorry, and well, you know, then all of a sudden the Bucks end up being last in the division and they don't make the playoffs. Uh, listen, it's a lot of people. Around Buffalo, like ah, oh, we wanted to take down Brady. Man, time out. First of all, fuck that. I'm glad he's gone. He's a legend. <laughs> no matter how much we hate him, and I hate him, he's a legend. He's out of our way. I want to win the division. I don't care how. I want to be drunk as hell at a home Bills game in the playoffs. That's all I want. So if Brady had to leave for it. Bye, Brady. Listen, I I don't know who truly made the impact. I think they're a great combination. Obviously, Belichick and Brady. Uh, Belichick's a mastermind. He's not going to give up. It's not going to be an easy win going there or the, even them coming to us. Um, we have to respect that. I mean, they, they, they've dominated us for 20 years. So nobody on, in, in Bill's land, at, well, it don't matter what fans think because we don't play. But as long as the players know, they got to do work, which I've always trusted McDermott ever since he's made the playoffs with that ragtag team in 2017. I mean, I mean, the talent's a team, but they were, they were just horrible in the sense of the year before. Um, you know, Belichick's a mastermind. I don't sleep on him, man. I, I don't. Yeah. Not until we beat him. We got to prove it. So. Yeah, he had Matt Castle at 9-7. and seven. Was it 9-10-6? and 11-5. 11-5. And he got a big contract after that. Yay, ball down. Yeah, we, we see where that went. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Hey, listen. not our wasted money. We don't care. Not our wasted money. <laughs> Shit. That's true. Well, I'm surprised though, because usually the Bills do something stupid like that in the past, you know. But uh, man, we we have a chance. Our defense improved. Uh, obviously, we were top top three, la- no number two last year to the Patriots. Um, obviously, we improved where we could. Uh, the offense obviously gets better with Diggs. Josh Allen does so. I I love Josh Allen. I think he's a great. He's doing great for what we all projected him to do. But he needs to get better. I mean, you can't look yeah. at his either his stats or his film and not tell me he needs to make improvements. The yep. deep ball, the consistency. Um, I love his edge, his leadership. You know, sometimes the leadership and the edge gets a little too crazy because, as you see in the uh, against the, uh, Texas in the playoffs, this man throwing laterals in the middle of the field. He, he he's turning purple. He, you know, it's like, bro, relax. You know, just, you know, he's from a small school, so I, I get it. But uh, he he has a lot to improve on. But we have a chance, man. I think the Bills definitely have a chance. So, realistically, who do you guys completely somewhat fear of the other three teams in your division? Injuries. Yeah. Nah, that's it. Just say, that, that's, Injuries. I agree. That's it. You know, Injuries so, so fear, fear, fear. Fears, okay. I would say no, fear nobody, but respect everybody. Because yeah. even the Patriots, and under dominating, you know, era, uh, they always lost to the Dolphins away. Mind you, when the Dolphins, like, the one year they didn't was when the Dolphins went 0-16. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, but every other year, they have lost to them away. So, we can't sleep on that. And mind you, we're playing the AFC North, the NFC uh, West, the AFC West. No, I'm sorry, AFC West, NFC West, and um, we played the Titans, who obviously made the playoffs. Uh, we have another side game. I can't remember who they are. I don't have the schedule up on me, but... 
obviously yeah. good divisions, man. Like we can't sleep on nobody. <laughs> like, yeah. We need we need all of those division wins like the Patriots would usually get. You know what I mean? So all right. How about so, your Titans, Dwayne? Come on, don't uh, come on, man, don't change look, it. Look, because we, <laughs> we, we, we did whoop that ass. We we did whoop that ass. Hey, so listen, you, you did, but we made it all the way to the AFC Championship. And we hey, we got this short. Patrick Mahomes. We got the same ring this year. Not look, a... I know we got the same ring. I can't argue that. I can't argue that. We do have the same ring. That is true. But I'm just saying we got that. It's okay. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes got in the way. It's fine. I yeah, can't do nothing but respect Patrick. I can't do nothing but respect it. But it's cool. Now, I mean, I, I like I like uh, the acquisitions. Uh, they they did a great job in the draft this year, addressing that line. You know, keeping Derrick Henry protected. You know, they got a nice offensive tackle. You know, a real big stud too. You know, so as he develops and everything, man, it's going to be interesting to see who can get past that little wall. But uh, also on the defensive end, Kristen Fulton. You know. Uh, nice corner. Should be interesting to see what he uh, adds to the defensive table because, again, after getting torched by Patrick Mahomes, you know, you definitely got to make sure you got <laughs> man, you need like six corners six the way he yeah, be throwing, man. Yeah, man. It's I crazy. mean, because that hey, guy. Who's your quarterback, though, man? <laughs> well, right now, unfortunately, they did keep Tannehill, but I'm not – my eyes are actually on who we drafted. And I uh, did some research on this brother, and I think he might actually be a Patrick Mahomes 2.0 oh, if developed we right. Uh, we got go. now. It's funny because he's got a nice little name. It's Cole McDonald, baby. Oh McDonald, Cole <laughs> McDonald. They did oh, come out there, okay, okay, okay. But yeah. he's, he's he's a real true gunslinger, man. This man has a has an arm, one heck of an arm on him, and I'm I'm and he can run. That's that's a really really important old school thing. Brett Favre. That's what it sounded yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, he got yeah he's got like an old school Brett Favre kind of arm, but he can run too, and he's pretty quick. Uh, you know what what stands out is people saw him as a white guy with dreads and was like, yo, that's what stands out to you. Not the fact <laughs> this guy's got a gunner arm too and can yeah. run, but uh, you know I don't think he's gonna start right away. It depends on Tannehill because as you guys know. Uh, definitely as Bill fans, you guys Whoop know that. Boy, very we well. made him run away from that division, boy. Exactly. Listen, exactly. So, so it'll, it'll be interesting, you know, because I can't remember. What I don't remember is if Tannehill was starting when he played you guys, uh, when we played you. I don't know if he was starting. No, Mariota. Or if that no, was, 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 Mariota. was it Mariota? It was Mariota? Yeah, yeah. So then if it was Mariota, that's no surprise to me. I'm actually <laughs> glad Mariota's with the Raiders. Best of luck to him. I gave up on him seasons ago. He, he had some potential, and I thought he was going to live up. But him and Jameis Winston, neither one of them lived up to their potential. It is what it is. Hopefully, he does better with the Raiders. He's still a young guy, so more power to him. But Tannehill seems to fit pretty well in this system so far. It's kind of safe because of Derrick Henry. But <laughs> when he does throw, he seems to play pretty smart. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he is still starting by that time. Because I don't see Cole McDonald really taking throne right now anytime soon unless Tannehill just bombs in the whole season or something. You know, it's like, all right, we got to get a rookie a chance to see what he does. Uh, maybe like a Jackson or, dare I say, a Jacksonville situation where, you know, cross my heart, hopefully, uh, <laughs> you know, he doesn't get hurt or something in the start of the season. And then it's like, oh, you got to throw a rookie in there yeah, and see what he yeah, got. Definitely. You know, uh, so – We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I like chances. Uh, we'll definitely contend. But as you guys know, it's not an easy division in our, for us either. I don't, I don't, like you guys said, I respect 
fear no one, but respect everyone in that division. The yeah. Texans, Deshaun Watson, always got to fear him. He lost a lot of weapons. Still don't know why they gave up DeAndre, For but it is what it is. Give him up for a, him up for a book of food stamps, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was, like, I was like, wait, hold on. Y'all just traded him? Oh, thank you. I was like, thank <laughs> you. Man, fan. I'll be happy as hell. You're making this a little easier for us, but <laughs> they still got Deshaun Watson, and I, res- I love Deshaun, so I don't as long as he's on that team, I, I respect the Texans and what they got. Yeah. Uh, I look Perfect. at the Colts. You can never count the Colts out. They've always got something going on. They don't have Andrew Luck, obviously, anymore. They got Phillip, though. We'll see yeah, what yeah, he they, does. They're they, they going to make some moves, too, and, and do their thing. Phillip Rivers is a nice little vet, so we'll see what he does for them. Right. And, uh, of course, I can't even sleep on Jacksonville because Jacksonville sort of has quarterback issues somewhat. Uh, it's hard to tell which one they're going to go with sometimes. But Man, don't just, give you know. Doug Marone any fucking credit. Fuck him. <laughs> Doug Marone is trash, bro. Is he trash? He's is he? a trash coach. Everyone I mean, knows I, he's trash, man. Jalen Ramsey did kind of want to get out of there pretty quick. That man will so, punt man. on the one-yard line. Get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> yeah, <that's true>. <laughs> <laughs> Punt Marone. Nonetheless, though. It's, it's going to be a good season. I'm looking forward, like you guys, I'm looking forward to this season. Like I said, we are going to get that rematch. I oh. saw that on the schedule. It's a little late in the schedule, but it should be interesting to see where we line up by then. Hopefully, we're both two stud contending teams, and it's a good game. And we'll see who the better team is for that particular game. Maybe meet again in the playoffs. We'll see, you know. Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited like you fellas. I cannot wait football season again it's, it's right around the corner we are almost there so gentlemen speaking of which let's talk about a certain quarterback right now who apparently you know and, and again guys this is the sideline guys it's not timeout but i have to address this because drew Brees is like drew Brees. <laughs> so imagine my surprise <laughs> to find out the drew Brees, the man who always did the most epic pre-game warm-up chance. I for sure thought this this guy was always a part of the family. I, 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 I'm shocked. I can't believe it. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts on what Mr. Breeze had to say? Are you Man, surprised? Are you surprised? So, well, no, I'm not surprised. So, I always knew he was, he leaned towards the MAGA, right, Trump, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, man, like, I, I hate to say that anybody that likes Trump is automatically this, that, or another. Everybody has a right to their opinions. Everybody has a right to their political party, things like that. So I never had an issue. I knew he was pro-Trump, whatever. I never thought it was a thing. But this man gets interviewed, uh, obviously, during one of the, the biggest movements of our country. You know, people rioting, looting, um, which is, isn't even the biggest concern for me. Obviously, it is a concern. Uh, but the most important thing is the protesting. You know, we're, do we have people out there fighting for minority lives? Uh, and again, we're talking about minority lives. We're not talking about minority rights or any, I mean, which mind you, they deserve those as well. We, we deserve those as well. Um, we talk about life. You know, people dying at the hands of brutality. It, it ain't, there's no middle ground. Like, no, no one deserves to die. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. And for him to come out there and say, you know, obviously, you know, he's made his opinions. I hate the looting. I hate the shooting. I hate the this. I hate the that. 
Okay, well, what would you like us to do, Drew Brees? Well, I think a peaceful protest makes more sense. Okay, like Colin Kaepernick did? Oh, not, not that protest, though. Nope, not that one, because I love that flag. Mm-mm, nope. You're full of shit. Fuck you, Drew Brees. I'm sorry. Excuse my language. I don't know if you have kids in the background, Adam. Um, but, <laughs> but, fuck them. How dare you, in a time like this, speak of only the flag? And try to speak for all servicemen and women. Because I know, bro, I have a screen recorded screenshot of hundreds of servicemen and women commenting saying, you don't speak for me. I, I fought for Colin's right to do that. I fought for all of the NFL players to do that. And then they say, stick to sports. Okay, what, what do you do for a living? I'm a janitor. Well, th- stick to cleaning floors. We don't say that. We're all citizens. It don't matter if you're rich, poor, in between. In fact, if you're rich, you have a duty to speak up. If you're in a platform like Adam is with King to King or we are with On the Sidelines, we have to speak up because we have the voice. We have the influence. So how dare you say they need to respect the flag? I'll never respect anybody that kneels for the flag. You don't have the right to say that. You don't. And it speaks from a privileged standpoint. You never, you never had that right. The only thing you should ever, the only comment he should have made is, I will personally stand for the flag because that's what I believe in, but I respect those who don't. That's all you needed to say. But you had to bring your own shit into it. During a time where someone was just fucking murdered last week. Yep. There's no debate. It's life. We're talking about life. We are, we are trying to lead the next generation. What is he teaching his kids? What is he teaching his kids? What are all of them teaching their kids? While we're fighting, in a perfect example, Adam's here fighting for young kids to get out of worse situations in life. You got the other ones pushing them down. What the fuck? How dare he? He has no right. Adam? I feel the same way, man. Like he he goes on my top three shit list right now between the, the NFL, NFL, the 49ers, and him. Like the 49ers and the NFL now wanted to do the blackout Tuesday yesterday, but then they didn't support the guy that was doing the peaceful protesting. They fired the guy, and 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 now they want to mock his protest. That's what I call it. They didn't apologize and say, hey. We, we apologize because we, we were given the avenue, we were given the platform two, three years ago to say he's right. They were given that platform before anybody else. They did not take it. Then Drew Brees has a big platform, a huge platform from whites, blacks, everyone. The black people done adopted Drew Brees, I felt like. Man, this man's in New Orleans, bro. Predominantly bro. black yeah. area. <laughs> Every, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, they adopted him. And then all yeah, of a sudden, man. you sit there and say something like that. Like, as a leader, it it, it, it shocked me that he said that, especially with, with Malcolm Jenkins on the team. Me, personally, I would ignore that question. Like, hey, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to my man Michael Je- Malcolm Jenkins first before I answer all that. Right. Or don't even answer it. Avoid it. At a time like this, like you're saying, at a time like this, you avoid something like that. I just, seen, I just seen Jalen Ramsey – Spitting game before we started this to um, the quarterback that came from Ohio State, uh, Haw- Hawkins. 
Haskins. 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 Yeah, yeah. He's spitting game to Haskins. Haskins making a post like, why do we care about athletes with their platforms at a time like this? Jana Ramsey like, bro, people that need the voice don't have the platform. We're here to have that platform and give it to the people that can't be heard. This guy goes and has the platform. The NFL had the platform. The 49ers had the platform, and they ignored it. Now they want it. Now the 49ers and the NFL is like, oh, yeah, we support this platform. No, you don't. That's you fake. Don't. People, don't forget, people don't forget about that. They, they have right now, but hopefully when they see this, they'd be like, oh, wow, that is right. Drew Brees has a platform that helps many, many people. Like Malcolm Jenkins said, bro, like you – you leave, you lead chance before the game. Talk about brothers and family, and you you ignored the whole purpose. All so, what family are you part of? Mm. I, I can see, I can see him asking for a trade soon. Jenkins, some hey, listen, and Michael Thomas was pissed off on Twitter too. So you don't know if he even asked for one. And his, his comments was like up and down with me. He was like, he don't know no better. No, brother, you know better. Oh, but, but like, Dar- Darius Slate had commented on, on it and, uh, and uh, Jenkins, and they're like, yo, bro, he knows. He knows. He, listen, he's a grown man. And I, I, I hate he's people using it. You know, ignorance ain't an excuse. No, never. Ooh. You know what I mean? Because there are – look, I, I'll say there are people who obviously are just raised with that mindset. They're, they're, again, we talk about generations and the people we raise. There are people that just – that's their way of thinking. It's, it's – they, they've known nothing else, right? And um, Breeze may be stuck in that, but it just scares me for the next generation and, and who he's influenced. Oh, yeah. Who is he know? teaching yeah. Who's he teaching? Who's he having an impact with? Who's he going to have these camps with? I mean, he's going to be on TV soon enough. Uh, they're already talking about TV contracts for him. You know, yeah. when does you know, when, <laughs> when he sees someone kneeling on a on a pregame, he's going to make a dumbass comment. I mean, it, it again. There, Malcolm Jenkins said it best. There's a time to talk, and there's a time to shut the fuck up. And the time to shut the fuck up for white people right now is right now. Unless you're speaking to help. If you ain't got what's what, we learned this shit when we were fucking five years old, you ain't got nothing nice to say. Don't, don't say fucking talk. Don't talk. You don't deserve your platform if you have nothing nice to say. And again, we are talking. I I am the type of person that will be sit, standing on city hall to my feet fucking break. We are talking about life and death. Nothing else. Nothing else. I don't want to hear all lives matter. Duh. But is your life affected right now? No. Minority lives. Black lives are affected right now. That is the concern. And that's what people like us are fighting for every day. But it's so much harder when a motherfucker like Drew Brees is making dumbass comments like that. Mm-hmm. Screw, and, I'm, and I agree with you 100%. The NFL is just as at fault. They blackballed him. They did not want him in the NFL because – a distraction. All right, but y'all had Drew Brees, or I'm sorry, Tim Tebow for four years, who was a, <laughs> remember he was he was a distraction. All, all the um the guy you know praying circus. and stuff and he, the yeah. circus everywhere yeah. he went. Yes, yeah. y'all were okay with that. But when Colin speaks about life or death, it's a problem. Come on, man. y'all don't have a right to make these statements to speak. It, it you know it actually is kind of funny that you brought up. Mr. Tebow, uh, because, you know, I do kind of wonder about that. Sometimes the NFL makes me wonder about stuff like that. 
Because if Tim Tebow were an African American Christian, open about his faith the way he's been and doing the same actions, that you know what I mean? Like take the same hype Tebow has that he had coming into the NFL and all that. Put that on a black athlete with that same height, that same height, that same glorification that everybody's loving him and this and that. Right. However, the moment he's opened up and was like, yo, I'm I'm a believer, I love God, this and that, and he's doing exactly what Tebow did. Maybe even a better quarterback for that matter. I was about to ask if, if it's, is it the same trash arm? <laughs> no, nah, yeah, no, no. Like, <laughs> let's let's say I'm just on a hype hey, standpoint. Hey, you know what I mean? Right, like, okay, gotcha, everybody's gotcha. talking about him. Everybody's loving him. He's got that look, that smile. Like, picture the Rock or somebody. You know how everybody loves the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, right? Right. Like, so yep. let's say an African American athlete on that type of level, right? That cares, charisma, smile, charm, all of that. Same type of hype as Tebow, mainstream attention from everybody. But then the moment he opens up about faith and starts kneeling before games and getting the teammates to do so and all of that, would that be a problem because of the complexion? Or he'd be gone. no, he'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just make me wonder with that. You know, instead of the five years he had in the league, he would have had two. I mean, if that. Maybe that, one. Who knows? You know. Oh, but, it's definitely a one and done. Yeah. Definitely a one and done. One and done. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Not, not, not to compare that to anything else, but like look at look at the guy that that came out before he got drafted. That was you know gay. Sam. He yeah, one and done. Now, if, if you put that on somebody else, is they one and done? I don't know. I don't, know. Mm. I don't think so. I would not. Mm. That that dude could ball though. He wasn't a slouch. You know, every everything's a distraction until it fits your agenda. That's that, that's that's all. Crazy that's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> and then the NFL has the NFL, Drew Brees, and any other person who speaks up, not recognizing the issue at hand, can go somewhere. I don't want to hear mm. statements. I don't want to hear statements. I don't. Roger Goodell is not sincere with that statement. Oh, it was no. typed. It was typed up by one of his assistants. He don't, he don't care. If you cared, Kaepernick, if you cared, you would have forced a team to sign. I don't care whether people believe it or not. If you could force people to not be signed, you could force people to oh, be yeah. signed. Yeah. The day George Floyd Pat died, you should have hired Colin Kaepernick. I say he, I say he deserves a job, a lifetime job right now on the board of something in the, in the and, NFL. And so, you know that's it's interesting you say that. So I don't even talk. We're not talking just football. I think he still can play better than some of these backups oh, yeah. right now. Because oh, ain't yes. no ain't no reason Nate Peterman should still have a job. We know we know. Oh Adam. my god. We know. <laughs> yeah, ain't no Eagles fans like ain't, get no. Ain't, no I, I don't forget because that that's my that's my proof to prove that it, that Collins should have a job. That's my proof. I, I'm I'm proud. To, I'm proud. I'm I'm sad to say this, Bills fan. I'm proud to say it as an activist. That if you can have this individual out here throwing five picks in the first half, but you can't have oh. Colin backing up. Now look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton can't even back nobody up. Cam Newton, yeah, yeah, that is. Oh, he's a. That's he, another thing. And you know what? You talk about you talk about Cam. And what's the biggest thing they say with him? Uh, oh, his care. He has character issues. This and that. 
There are, I have articles, I've saved these articles. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not bullshitting. I can send it to you guys right now. Of plenty of players saying Cam Newton was a leader. Oh, in man. The community, on the field. Oh, yeah. He, he, every, uh, there were rookie undrafted players, seven, six round picks that obviously don't make much. Stayed at his house. Stayed at his, yep. uh, he had like a, a, so like a house, but like a, a small house next to it. What do you call it? I can't remember yeah. the name of it. Family pool house, whatever you call it, pool house, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> had him stay there. He uh, checked on their uh, sick family members. He, I mean, things, mind you, not just money-wise, he's actually out in the community doing things, not just giving money what? and saying, okay, I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Where do you get to say this man is a problem? Man, Because of shit that year. happened in college? Come on. Can man. I be honest? I, I, I want to be honest with y'all, actually. I'm glad you brought up Cam Newton, because here's the thing. And, again, this isn't time out. I know this is sideline, guys, but, look, we are in an open world right now, so we got to get this out there. Now, I don't know what it is. It's kind of funny because after just talking about Tebow, he's actually a guy that I could very much compare because much like Tebow, he's got charisma. He's got a smile. And you just said it. He's a leader. He's definitely a man of faith. I've seen it. I've seen a man working out to gospel music for crying out loud. Definitely a man of faith. This man has done a lot. Now, let's look at that MVP season, the, the season everybody talks about with Cam, right? I'll never forget that as much as that man did with that team, barely any weapons, need I mind you, while doing that, media did not pay the Carolina Panthers much attention, if at all. You know, they were very slept on throughout that entire season. It wasn't until they hit, like, probably 13-0 and 0 or so at that point or something where it was like, oh, man, we got to start paying these Panthers attention, right? Mm-hmm. But what really got me – was all the way leading up from the time they the regular season ended to when the playoffs started to when the playoffs and they got all the way to the Super Bowl. The narrative on Cam Newton seemed to be, oh, he's too charismatic. You know, he's always dancing. He's got his teammates dancing, this and that. We don't we don't like that. We don't like that. But what really gets me personally, I, I know a lot of white people that I've come across, for whatever reason, they would talk about the Panthers and they'd be like, oh, I like the Panthers. I just don't like Cam Newton. (laughs) And in my mind, as an African-American, I'm sitting there listening and and I'm really trying to figure out, well, why don't you like Cam? Is he not helping them win games? Is he not leading the team? Is he not an important part of that team because we're darn sure about to see what these Panthers look like. I mean, they still got my boy McCaffrey, but you know, he can only do so much. (laughs) So, I mean, we're really about to see what these Panthers look like without Cam because if they bomb completely, there's some questions that need to be answered because the Panthers just cut ties with the man, the man that won you an MVP took you to a Super Bowl, and you just cut them like that. It, it very does, it very much has a Colin Kaepernick feel to it. Yes, and sir. I just don't understand it. I, I really don't. I, I, I should have been on the Chicago Bears. Lord knows they need a quarterback. He's way better than Trubisky ever was. How did Dalton get to the, to the Cowboys before he did? Exactly. You see what I mean? Like – I'm I'm really having a hard time processing this, and and as a you know 
given what's going on right now, especially as an African-American, and Adam, I know you can attest to this, like, I, I, I do feel some type of way a little bit about this because it's like, hold on. Like, it, it, it's not just – it's one thing when they do this with coaches, but now I'm seeing it with players where it's like, hold on. Cam Newton, again, a winning quarterback. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, a winning quarterback. Vince Young in his day – a winning quarterback. He has some struggles too because as a Titans fan, I'm here to let y'all know. People talk about Vince Young's career and how it downfalled. And yes, he played a part in that with immaturity moments and everything. But Jeff Fisher did not like him nor want him. That was the that was the owner. The owner wanted Vince Young at that time. That's how he ended up on Tennessee. Won the rookie of the year and did had a lot of potential to do more at that point. Injuries played a part, yes, but at the end of the day, Jeff Fisher did not like Vince Young, did not want him in that system. You know what? That just speaks to the the consistent dumb decisions the NFL makes. I mean, overall, yeah. in terms of what it, whether it comes to community or hiring the same coaches over and over again, Jeff Fisher gets jobs everywhere. This guy gets jobs everywhere. It's the same cycle, the same thing. I mean, what what is it? That sounds that sounds just like our, 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 what we're going through today. Yeah, and even RG3, because I can't forget RG3 either. Everybody seems to forget that man was a beast. Right. And what happened? Shanahan ain't like him. That's they what decided to play him and mm-hmm. run him knowing that he was injured. Yep. And continue <laughs> to the ground. Run him to the ground. To where we, we don't know what he is to this day at this point. So I, I, I do admit, man, like the black quarterback has always been an issue in the NFL. And that's yep. one thing I've always known. I've always had my only problem with the NFL has always been every other position is okay being black except quarterback for some odd reason. It's right? base. That's because I, I look at Russell Wilson, yeah. a black man, right? It's a matter of time before the Seahawks organization tries to do something to push Russell Wilson out. You know, he's got a golden boy feel to him, right? But at some point, they're going to do him an injustice. I guarantee you at you know some what? point. It, it, the NFL wants things. This is how you need to do it at all times. And yeah. when you get charismatic, inspiring people like Cam or, uh, you know, players like him that, that are not white, they have an issue with it. But if a white individual is like that, it's, oh, he's so passionate. He's so this. Brady's out here screaming at his coaches. You gotta love that passion. Cam throws his helmet. Cam's a problem. Well, Cam's a problem. Come on, man. We see what's going on. We see where the media points. Uh, just, just, just look at the draft. I don't mean to cut you off, but oh, just, just, just thinking about the draft uh, uh, of every person that got drafted that was of color, they brought up something traumatic. Uh, Higgs, his mom was was, was a, a twenty year clean from drugs or five year whatever it was. Uh, this guy, he, he shot his brother. You know, it was just all negative stuff right. that had nothing to do with their draft pick. Oh, he's drafted number five because he came from the hood of this, the hood of what? Like why? Why? That has nothing to do with that. Let him tell right. his own story. Let him use his platform eventually to tell that. Right. You, you. You talking about a player for three minutes and two and a half of it is about his past. Right. Why? Why? 
That has nothing to do with his 50 touchdowns he just scored in college. You know what? Where where I, where I see um the point the point being is that they they strived and went past it and got past it, but that ain't their right to tell that. Nope. Let like you said, let them tell their own story. It's that Adam, simple. Adam, you brought up a good point to yet another thing that because Jonathan, weren't you the one that brought up the other point of that same draft that I, me nor Derek kind of really realized? I think it was either you or it was Derek, but I recall one of you gentlemen mentioning that every time a black player got drafted this this year, you would see the family, the aunties, the uncles, the, the whole family mm-hmm. for this draft at their house. Then you saw a white person get drafted. Just Him's parents, literally, just ah, yeah, it's nothing. We're just here, like, yeah, yeah. They always try to point things a certain way, my man. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and that's media. That's that's a a driven narrative. It's funny they they could easily push these narratives that they want to push, but the one narrative we need them to push, they refuse to do it. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Push that. Push it the way you push everything else you push. We'll maybe start to see some change. Yeah. Or some understanding, at least. Some understanding. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you might not, like, we want to change. Yes. But if you even push it enough where, like I said earlier, we changed our culture at, at, on our football team because they've seen it all the time. They've seen it on a wristband. They've seen it in meetings. We talked about it in position meetings. We talked about it. After that, we talked about it the day after the game. We, we talked about it constantly throughout the season and the offseason. When people see positive stuff, they want to do positive stuff. When they see negative stuff, they want to do negative stuff. Like, there's more positive in this world than negative ever. But the way the news – that's why I haven't watched the news in probably like 15 years, 20 years. Because all it is is negativity. Once this player – look at uh, – what's, what's his name? They just got for a Bills, uh, Oliver. I'm guarantee you he probably helped out athletes in this summer. But as soon as he got, you know, arrested for nothing, really, a cup or whatever it was, something minor, that was broadcasted for weeks at a time. But I guarantee if he gives a family a house, that's broadcasted for an hour, and that's it. Mm. Spread too much hate, man. They spread too much hate. Wow. Morse brings us together, dog. It really does. It, it really does. And, and, and this is why sports is very well missed. Um, I myself, as an artist, also can agree with that because much like sports, music and sports go very hand in hand with what they do in uniting people because it's a, it's, a, it's a neutral field, a neutral world, like you said, where we are together. You know what I mean? And, and even... The, the other cause and effect of the music world is also what you just said about the news, though, you see, because there's tons of positive music out there that is actually making its way. You know, you're starting to hear it more in the movies and on the ESPNs and stuff like that. You're starting to hear more of the positive music. But for some reason, it still slightly gets overlooked compared to the negative stuff, the stuff that puts the same subliminal, me- subliminal message in your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, go party over here. Go smoke that. Go drink that. Go make sure you go do some wild and crazy things so, you know, you can get stopped, pulled over, and possibly end up in the jail cell for the rest of your life or something. 
or just, you know, be a problem on the field. You know, Crazy. Be a distraction. I talked to a right? head coach last night, and he, he made something that was very eye-opening to me and my young guy, Jimmy Scott. He was like, man, the world's going through a, a chaos right now. He's like, but don't be naive. There's more whites than blacks doing the looting. They're not putting us out there like that. And this came from a white coach. I won't say that coach name, but he's at a university. For him to say that to a, a kid that he's recruiting, wow. You know, right. we need more people like that to say that. We need more. They need that their platform is being used. He's That coach is using his platform. You know what I'm saying? But to, to hear a coach say that to a young kid, like, you know, you know, I can't understand what you're going through, but also – don't be naive and don't let them paint a picture that is you guys destroying stuff. Cause right. it's not, it's us. Yeah. He apologized to the kid. Never met the kid. That was the first time the head coach called the kid, but this is what needs to be pushed. And, and the narrative that needs to be pushed is the positivity more than yeah. this negative stuff, man. It's, 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 uh, it's like I said, it's always a narrative they try to push for, for views rather than the truth. I mean, yeah. you see, you see only the violence on TV or, or the negative things. It's like there's so many people. We had an instance. We talked about some time out. There was an instance of a cop that got lost during the protest or the violence uh, in New York City, and they had people, all minorities, guarding him to make sure he didn't get jumped. Where was that picture? Mm. I would only saw it on Twitter. And when it comes when it comes to the people speaking up, I, I, I said I've said this every day, and I'll continue to say it every day. Silence is compliance when you're silent you comply with it you allow it to happen we need the majority we need the people with platforms to speak up and help make that difference period i agree i agree so ladies and gentlemen we're getting ready to wrap this thing up because it's been heavy and i want to end this thing on a very, very great note, because I know we got a little controversial there. And like I said, this is the sideline, guys. This ain't timeout, but we had a little timeout-like moment there. But since we have a football coach and a mentor and a leader and a man who is doing great things within his local community, I've got a two-part question for you. And Jonathan, feel free to answer the first part of this question if you would like, because I know we are all great football fans here. So, Mr. Adams. What is your favorite all-time football movie? And the second part to this question would be, as a mentor in your local community, with the success stories that are coming out of what you do, if a director approaches you and says, hey, I like what you're doing, I would love to make a movie based off of what you are doing for your community, what actor would you like to play who you are right now? Oh, man. Hey, you threw a, threw a big plot to us right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tell far as movie-wise, the first movie that popped in my head, you know, it would be The Will of Demon, but I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go Boy Scout. Ooh, go okay. Boy Scout. I don't know why, but that's like that. That pops out of my head a lot more than any given Sunday. Uh in the longest yard and all that, but I, I'll go Boy, Boy Scout. Um, if it was a movie, i say my man Will Smith. You know what I'm okay. Saying? Okay. Okay. I love Will Smith. Smith. I'll go Will Smith. He's he a good actor. I think he, he'll get the passion and, and, and the nits and crannies of it. 
Okay. Okay. Listen, I like that. I, I got like something that. offline. I'm gonna tell you. We uh, the ology, uh, Dwayne. We can talk to talk to Adam about that offline. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Another podcast we have coming. Up, you know, don't want to get too deep in it, but something we can bring up. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Well, Jonathan, in the meantime, before we wrap this thing up, did you have a way you would like to answer it? I mean, even if uh, you're not so, doing what Mr. Adams doing, I mean, at least for honestly, man. So I would say, you know, favorite movie for myself, sports-wise, it is Remember the Titans. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just the, the story and the uh, the cultural impact um, that it actually had, because obviously it's based on a true story, um, and, and and then had amongst generations of people that still watch the movie to this day. Um, I would say, you know, I can't think of an actor that would play me and what I do. You know, I I say every time we do a podcast, like, I, I do this because I, I genuinely love doing it, whether it's for sports or speaking on injustices or, or politics, whatever the case is. Um, I don't need nobody to be me, man. I, I'm I'm just a small a small dot on the whole spectrum, and I'm trying to make an impact every little bit I can. So I, I don't really have an answer for the second part. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Well, I know for me, um, the first football movie coming to mind right now is like, you know, radio. Believe it or not. Uh, oh, okay. Very, All right. Very inspirational. It's a very slept-on film, but you know, radio had yeah. a good, uh, good effect to it. You know, and I, I think that was a good one. And then if I go the basketball route, gotta go with my man, Coach Carter. Coach Carter. Samuel, baby. Coach Carter. Because that's definitely a movie that'll Ooh. teach you a lot about morals, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah, forget about good. Coach Carter. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> And uh, I guess, I mean, I'm, I'm not a football coach, obviously. I mean, I'm just an artist and a host out here doing my thing for the people out there. But I guess there's a, a guy who's kind of already famous, so I guess it's fitting. They claim I look like this dude named Luke James. I guess so. I Ooh. guess I'd have that guy play. I mean, he's already been in a new edition movie. And people <laughs> are star. So why not? I guess. Okay. Luke James. There you go. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that about does it and wraps it up this edition of the Sideline Guys. But before we go, you already know how we got to end this thing. Gentlemen, tell them where they can find you. And of course, in Adam's case, tell them more to the people who would like to know more about King to King, how they can research it, find it, follow it, all that good stuff. All right, man. Uh, to find me, I'm always on Twitter, inboxing coaches and, and showing my guys film and stuff. So Twitter is Coach McCann, M-C-C-A-N-N-9. Uh, and then Instagram, uh, King, the number two, King Mentoring. Um, on my Twitter, I have my website that I created uh, on my link. So that's all the information you need. My inbox is pretty much open but pretty much full though on, on Twitter so uh, at the same time I got hundreds of coaches I'm, I'm contacting and, and trying to get all these guys all these guys just not one but all these guys some looks um, but Twitter's where you can find me at all day every day baby awesome. right. and so, so in, in lieu of where you can find me I'm gonna kind of uh, say again what Adam's speaking so get to King to King inbox them Ask him, even if you're not in the area, I'm sure he's more than willing to speak to you on anything that's going on. Um, but the most you know, important thing I want to say is thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, with the world we're in now, we need more people like you. Appreciate and, and the impact you make is, is so important on the sports level and at, uh, a student athlete level. 
and and just a community level, man. You're gonna help every, if you can save one life, you did your job. Come on, and 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 uh, that's why I wanted to bring you on, and and uh, you know, you're a blessing to the community, and and you're gonna keep you keep rising above all that, man. You're gonna keep doing things. So I'm proud of you. I appreciate that. I, pre- I appreciate that dearly. Yeah. Jonathan, go ahead and tell the people where they can find you as always, uh, my friend. Yeah, you can find me uh, at Johnny underscore underscore T-E-E on Twitter. Um, and you can find me anywhere on the Sideline Guys page or, uh, or anything like that. So just you know, hit me up. Anytime you guys want to be on the podcast, we're running over to it. Awesome. Well, again, Adam, Mr. McCall, we thank you so much again for joining us right here on the Sideline Guys. You Appreciate are more than welcome to come back on the show and – especially when the NFL season pops off. We would love to have you back on, give some analysts, you know, like kind of, you know, teach some things, you know what I mean? Listen, before we play the Titans, we're bringing him in. Oh, okay. Is that how we're going to do that? Oh, okay. He's trying to start a war over there. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. You're not slick, but I got you. I got you. Nonetheless, this, again, is the sideline, guys. And until the next time, guys, We out. Peace. Peace.